Welcome to the podcast of Destiny Community Church. The first week of this series, we realized that we can't stay here. To get to where God wants you, you can't stay where you are at. The second week, we looked at the fact that there are times on this journey that you may ask yourself, what did I get myself into? It would scare you to death if God showed you every step of the journey and you would probably never take that first step. The third week, we looked at the bitterness that can develop when the journey looks hopeless and we must allow the cross of Christ to make us sweet and not bitter. And then last week, I spoke to you about how God reaches humanity even when we're complaining. God will rain down manna from heaven. And during this time of isolation, we must become hungry for the bread of life, for God's word, and not get stuck in our grumbling and in our complaining. Today, I want to read from Exodus chapter 32. We're going to start with verses 1 through 6, and then we're going to come back and read a few verses later on. So just leave your Bibles open or or your digital device. Leave it open to your Bible app. Exodus chapter 32, verse 1. When the people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mountain, the people gathered themselves together to Aaron and said to him, Up, make us gods who shall go before us. As for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. So Aaron said to him, Take off the rings of gold that are in your ears of your wives, your sons, and your daughters, and bring them to me. So all the people took off the rings of gold that were in their ears and brought them to Aaron. And he received the gold from their hand and fashioned it with a graving tool and made a golden calf. And they said, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar before it. And Aaron made a proclamation and said, Tomorrow shall be a feast to the Lord. And they rose up early the next day and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. I want you to look at your neighbor Look at your spouse, your child, I don't care, look at your dog, your cat, look at somebody and tell them when the cat's away, the mice will play. When the cat's away, the mice will play. My senior year of high school, I needed an elective credit and my guidance counselor suggested that I join jazz band. I never was much for marching band. You see, I'm a drummer and I played the trap kit. That's the entire drum kit. So I didn't want to focus on just the snare drum or just the bass drum or the quads. I wanted to play the entire drum set. And she told me, she said, basically, you're just going to play in the classroom. That's it. You may have one concert a year. And so it'll just be a lot of fun. And she was right. It was. Uh, For the most part, I, I think we only learned like five songs that year. And so we had a lot of free time, and and our instructor, our teacher in the class, he would often go into his office, and he would shut the door, and then we would just gather together. The the bass player and the guitarist would all come around the drums, all the horns, we'd put their instruments down, they would gather around us, and we would just jam out to popular rock songs. We would play Metallica and Nirvana and, and Pearl Jam, and the horn section would gather around us just wishing they could be us, because, you know, we were cooler than they were. And so they wanted to be us. But when Mr. Jones walked back into the room, everyone would scatter and, and, and they would get their sheet music out that he had assigned to us and they would act like they were learning their parts. On their journey to the promised land, the Israelites camped out at the base of Mount Sinai while Moses went up on the mountain to talk with God. I know sometimes as a leader, it's my job to be with the people. Leaders must make time to be around 
their sheep, to be around the people. And, and I love the fellowship. I love the camaraderie. I love the dependence. It's one of our core values here at DCC. This is something that I'm missing right now, and, and I know some of you are missing this too, that in, in the middle of this social distancing, it just feels like you're so disconnected sometimes because I like being around my church family. Good leaders like being near their sheep. But there are other times when every leader needs to be alone with God. Because if you're going to do anything significant for the kingdom of God, you've got to carve out some time to get alone with God. You've got to get away from the distractions. You've got to get away from the concerns. You've got to get away from the things that consume your attention and consume your time. And it doesn't mean that those things are necessarily evil or wrong. They can be, but they're not always. I mean, we're talking about God's chosen people. This was Israel, and Israel matters to God. But Moses had to withdraw from life to draw near to the giver of life. And every good leader has to do this. God has blessed you with great things, and he's blessed you with great people. But nothing or no one should ever take his place. With the undivided attention of Moses, God begins giving Moses the law of Israel. And he was outlining for them how they would conduct themselves socially and spiritually. And so while God gives Moses the law, he gives him the, the Ten Commandments. The first four are man's relationship to God. The last six are man's relationship to man, teaching us how to live. He gave him laws about social justice. God defines worship. He de detailed for them on, on how to construct the tabernacle and the furniture that would go in the tabernacle. He gives them details on how the priests should dress when they enter into the presence of God. And I doubt that it looked like a camouflage bomber jacket in, in Jordans. Uh, don't judge me because I know you're sitting there in your pajamas this morning. But he gave them how the priests should, should dress. He gave them direction for how they would conquer the promised land. And, and I, I never noticed this until just recently, but he said that he was going to send hornets before them to drive out their enemies. That was the promise that he made. God was giving Moses the Jewish constitution, and this would separate them from other nations and make them a consecrated people, set apart, set apart from the rest of the world. But while God was laying down the law, the Israelites were living it up because when the cat's away, the mice will play. They went back to what they knew. They were indoctrinated in the way that Egypt worshipped and the what that Egypt worshipped. For 400 years, this was ingrained into them. And Egypt had a God for everything. There was Hathor, the goddess of music and dancing. Amenhotep, the god of healing and wisdom. Dedan, the god that protected resources. Anet, the goddess of fertility, love, and sexuality. And Geb, the god of the earth and vegetation. It was estimated that Egypt worshipped nearly 2,000 different divine figures, each having their own name, personality, and area of expertise. The images of most of them were derived from some sort of animal. And on this particular day, on this day that Moses is up on the mountain for 40 days, and now on this day, the God of choice for the Israelites was a golden calf, possibly the goddess known as Bat, which was an early cow goddess associated with success. And we all that know that nothing good comes from bats, right? Coronavirus, okay? So Bat, the, the cow goddess. And legend has it that, that she could see both the future and the past, and, and, and that led to the success of 
of many of, of the pharaohs. And so they see this and they want success so bad that they turn to worship this idol. Moses is gone for 40 days and they get to feeling a little uneasy about their future. So they do what any red-blooded, hard-working Hebrew would have done. They melted down all of their jewelry and had Aaron build them a calf. But it's kind of humorous. When Moses comes down off the mountain, he confronts Aaron because he left him in charge. And he confronts Aaron and he says, yeah, what happened? What happened that you would lead them in such rebellion? And Aaron tells him, he says, I just... I threw the gold into the, the fire and just out popped a calf. It's as if he had nothing to do with the construction of this golden calf. Like he didn't form it at all. It just happened. It just happened like itself. It's kind of like that, that young toddler that, that is caught red-handed. Crumbs are on their face. Their mouth is full of cookies. And they say, what cookies? I didn't eat any cookies. They just disappeared on their own. Golden cow. What golden cow? It, it just popped out of the fire on its own. Idol. What idol? I didn't prioritize this over you, Lord. It just happened. I didn't mean for it to happen. It just happened whatever you love you will exalt to the throne of your time who or what do you turn to when the future is uncertain the Israelites turn to a God in the form of a golden calf an idol you know we were created to worship and if we don't acknowledge the one true and living God, we will create our own gods. We will worship something or someone, and I can assure you that right now, you worship something or someone. There is a driving force behind every decision that we make, and it will either be a divine direction or it will be a deceptive direction. And whatever you worship will influence your decision-making process. So if you worship your career, then the uncertainty of your job right now, it has you messed up. You're scared. If you worship travel ball, you're miserable right now because you can't go and do that. If you worship shopping, I hope that you like shopping for the essentials because that's all you can get right now. If you worship your family, one more week of being cooped up with those kids and that idol is going to come crashing down. But if you you worship God, this is that time to get along with him and to hear what God is saying. The Israelites trusted what they could create and see, the work of their own hands, more than they trusted their God. Who, by the way, was in the middle of orchestrating their future by giving them the law. I love how God responds. He tells Moses, your people whom you brought up out of Egypt. It's like when my kids do something that I don't approve of. I say, Mandy, your kids, whom you gave birth to, they're not mine because my kids, they don't act like that. Moses, your people. That's how God refers to them. Moses, your people. Because my people don't act like this. Moses comes down off the mountain, and I picture Moses walking with an attitude. He's ticked off. And listen to what happens in Exodus 32, verses 19 and 20. It says, as soon as he came near the camp and saw the calf and the dancing, Moses' anger burned hot, and he threw the tablets out of his hands and broke them at the foot of the mountain. He took the calf that they had made and burned it with fire and ground it to powder and scattered it on the water and made the people of Israel drink it. He is upset. He is ticked off. And Moses has every right to be ticked. 
He was in the middle of the most important meeting of his life. And the children want to act a fool in that moment. So he throws down not just the Ten Commandments. He throws down the entire law of God. Every word of it was shattered. There's no record of what God wanted them to become. Later, he's going to give it to them again. And this time, Moses is going to have to chisel it out himself. But in this moment of anger, he shatters the entire law of God. Let me ask you something. How do you respond to life's disappointments? Let's get real. How do you respond when people let you down? Do you pitch a fit? Do you drop some words that would embarrass you in front of your grandmother? Do you cower down in fear? Do you put your trust in something other than God, maybe a substance? Be careful not to throw down the work of God in your life because you're frustrated with your surroundings. It's easy for us to do that. That the plan that God has orchestrated for us, we will just throw it down and let it become shattered pieces all out of frustration. Remember this, I'm gonna keep reminding you, you are not there yet. You're not there yet. Today is just one more step closer and it may feel like it's a million miles away, but you're on your way to the promised land and you're one step closer to the promised land. Soon enough, you'll be standing on the threshold of what God has promised and you will have to have enough faith that he's going to send the hornets before you to drive out the enemies. And if you don't have faith in the frustration, you will never have faith in the finale. And if you don't, and you're just going to keep going in circles like the Israelites did. When Mandy and I first got married, I was working for a collision parts distributor at the young age of 20 years old. And I was asked to manage temporarily a Tampa warehouse just for a few months. And I would leave Lake City early on Monday mornings. I would leave about 5 a.m. because I needed to be uh, near downtown Tampa to the warehouse at, at 8 a.m. to unlock get all the, the trucks ready so the truck drivers could come in and, and start delivering their parts. And so I would leave Lake City early. And this one particular Monday morning, I was driving down I-75, and I remember I got off the interstate at the Wildwood exit. It, it, it was a good, uh, you know, halfway mark for me. And, and I needed to get some gas. I wanted to, to grab some breakfast to go. And when I got back on the interstate, I wasn't paying attention. And, and 15 minutes later, I realized that I was heading back north. And I was now backtracking where I had already been. I had to get off the interstate, turn around, and go back to where I had just been. Church, this is the story of the Israelites. They were constantly backtracking. Traveling roads that they had already been down because they couldn't learn to trust God. In life, it sometimes seems as if we're wandering in circles. We feel lost. We want to ask God, are we there yet? How much longer? But it helps to remember that the journey, not just the destination, is important to God because he uses the journey to humble us, to test us, and to show us what's really happening in our hearts to see if we really trust him or if we're going to create some false idol, a golden calf, to get us through this moment. I want to pray for us today because I believe God is speaking to us. This series is specific for us as a church family. 
And I believe that God is doing something in us before we get out on that property, and we don't know when that is going to be. Praise God, I, I read in the newsletter this week that was sent out that, that we had our last service in the Panther Palace. The next time we join together, we will all be under the same roof in our new worship facility. But what is God teaching us? And what is God leading us through right now, preparing us for that moment? Before we get to our promised land, what does God want to do in us? And so I want to pray for us that, that God would continue doing that work and that we would lean on him and not our own understanding. Let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, for the truth of your word today. God, I pray that you would help our faith increase. Help us not to lean on our own understanding, but to trust you. To acknowledge, Lord, that you are the one that makes our path straight. God, I pray, Lord, that in our individual lives, that you would help us to tear down the false idols, the golden calves. God, help us to tear those, those calves down, Lord, and, 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 and leave them behind so that we can march to, towards our promised land. God, I thank you. I thank you that you are not going to leave us in the wilderness and that we're not there yet, but you are getting us there. Continue leading us, Lord, we pray. In Jesus' name. I want to give you an opportunity today to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you've joined us online and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I can tell you that many of us have prayed this prayer together. I'm going to pray a prayer. And if you feel the Holy Spirit pulling at your heart right now, I want you to say this prayer with me. Repeat it after me, but make my words your words today. So would you just look up to heaven with me right now and let's say this prayer as you receive that forgiveness in your life. Let's say it. Say, Dear Lord, I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sins and that he rose again giving me eternal life. And today, I make him the Lord of my life. In his name I pray, amen. Now listen, if you just prayed that prayer, you do have a responsibility. You, you need to tell someone, and we're gonna make this so easy for you. All that you have to do today is you just need to go to our website, destinycommunitychurch.org connect. We want you to go down to the decision form and fill that out. We have something that we want to give you, that we want to send to you. It's just a, it's just a book. It's, it's a book that tells you about your next steps. But we want to make this investment into you. But more than anything else, you need to tell someone. We overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And this is your first testimony. So if you gave your heart to Christ today, I want you to simply go to our website, fill out that decision form. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for listening to the podcast of DCC. For service times and directions, log on to www.destinycommunitychurch.org. Thanks again for listening.